All right, good morning, everybody. Thank you, Kingsley. I think I'm going to start using that little neighbor nudge. Hey, hey, when we, when we come into church. How are you guys? All right, I'm so glad that you guys are all here. My name is Derek. I'm one of the speakers here at Skyline. Thank you all so much for being here this morning. If this is your first time, thank you so much for making Skyline your home church today. For those of you that are joining us remotely, thank you so much for being here. We hope to get to see you soon. We are continuing in our Unshakable series. And last week, um, I had one of my good friends, Dan Enrico, he actually introduced uh, the series to you. And specifically, we were talking about being unshakable. We live in a shaky world, right? It's constantly changing. One minute things can be stable, and then the next minute things get just all disrupted and turned upside down. So we're going to be talking about how we can develop an unshakable mind. Okay? But before we get into that, I have a little story for you, and I want you to pay attention to this. An elderly man was laying down in his bed, and he was dying, unfortunately, and he was near death, but he suddenly smelled the wonderful aroma of his favorite chocolate chip cookies. Can you guys smell it? Can you guys smell it? Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could have just sprayed it into the vents and you guys could have smelled it this morning. And he gathered his remaining strength and he lifted himself up from off of his bed and he leaned up against the wall and he slowly made his way out of his bedroom and with even greater effort, he forced himself down the stairs. And as he gripped the stair railing, he was breathing labored and he leaned up against the doorframe of the kitchen. And all of a sudden he gazed in and if it wasn't because he, it was death's agony waiting for him, he would have thought that he was already in heaven. There, spread out on newspaper on the kitchen table, were hundreds of his favorite chocolate chip cookies. Was it heaven? Or was it one final act from his devoted and loving wife, seeing that he would actually leave this world a happy man? So he mustered up one great and final effort, and he threw himself towards the table, and he landed on his knees in a rumpled posture, and his lips were kind of open, and he could actually taste one of the cookies right there at the edge of his lips. And his aged and withered hand shook as he made his way across the table to a cookie that was right there at the edge. And all of a sudden, it was smacked by a spatula, and his wife said, those aren't for you, those are for your funeral. You know, it's kind of shaky when they're already making cookies for your funeral. Yeah. We live in a shaky world, right? We, we need to take a look at what that word unshakable means, okay? And when I use this word unshakable, I'm not talking about somebody who lives a perfect life. I'm not talking about somebody who's got it all together. We probably have those people that we look at in our lives and we're like, man, they got it all together and I'm still a hot mess. Or as Desiree talked about earlier, the funk, the funkiness that was going on. Yeah, I'm not talking about those kind of people. I'm talking about the person, who, I'm not talking about the person who's without any error. I'm not talking about the person who doesn't have any trials, any tribulations, or doesn't even show any weakness. I'm talking about the person that's consistent in character. I'm talking about that person who is grounded in Jesus. I'm talking about that person that who, when trials and tribulations are all happening around them, they are still faithful. That's what it means to be unshakable. And when you have started your foundation on Jesus, the world and the enemy is going to try everything in their power possible to try to shake you up. That's why we live in such a shaky world. You can turn on the news and right away you see all kinds of things happening. You don't even have to turn on the news. You could just go outside your door and you can see the, the shakiness that's going on. 
So today we're going to be talking about what it means to develop that unshakable mind. We're going, to, we're going to talk about how do you develop yourself in such a way that when Christ is your foundation, and despite life roughing you up, you remain unshakable. So I've divided the sermon into three parts. We've got the what, the so what, and the now what. So we're going to talk about the what. So last week I, talked, I, I just said that Dan uh, and Rico had actually introduced to us the Unshakable series, and we're going through the book of 1 Peter, and he talked about what it means to have an unshakable foundation. And he talked about something called the inheritance. You guys remember him talking about the inheritance last week? We have earthly inheritance. We have, obviously, things that we value here on, on the earth. We have our house, our bank accounts, our cars. Um, those of you who are teenagers probably value your phone a lot, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you all value your phone. There's things in this world that we value as an earthly inheritance. But guess what? When they put you six feet in the ground, are you going to take any of those things with you? Absolutely not. So we have that, in earth, that earthly inheritance, but we also have a heavenly inheritance. And that heavenly inheritance, that's eternal. It never runs out. It's permanent. Once you said yes to Jesus, he gives you a heavenly inheritance that no one can ever take away. The book of John chapter 10, verse 29 says, no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. When you said yes to Jesus, it's as if he put you in the palm of his hand, closed his hand, and then God the father puts his hand over and nothing can ever snatch you from his hand. It's eternal, it's permanent. When Jesus or when God is our foundation, when your identity and your value are on his terms and not yours, you will be unshakable. So today I want to talk to you what it means to actually develop that unshakable mind. We talked about the foundation last week, and now we're going to talk about what it means to have an unshakable mind. So today's passage is going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to be in verses 13 through 16. And it starts off in verse 13, and it says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Now, this isn't talking about that personal salvation that when you have accepted Jesus as your personal savior. This is talking about the salvation of the world. When Jesus returns and he comes to take all of the Christians back with him to heaven, that's when he will be revealed to the world. And verse 14, it says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back in your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything just as God who chose you is holy. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. Does God look like he's giving you a suggestion there? No, he's using hard terms like must, you have to, you need to do this. So living an unshakable life, it's something that we have to take part in. It's not a suggestion. If you're thinking of right now the things that you're going through, the things that are keeping your life shaky, it's because your foundation and everything that you're doing is not set and centered on Jesus. We live in a shaky world. You guys still following me? Think about these headlines, okay? 
You, when you think of headlines, you turn the TV on, you look at social media, you look at all different kinds of things, you hear and see headlines like this. This is actually from something recent. Shocking video shows moment during South Baltimore mass shooting that killed two and injured 15 kids. That was literally from a week ago. South Carolina man charged an attempted murder of survivor of house fire where six bodies were found. Man dies after falling 100 feet while hiking as wife and kids watched in horror. Children killed and yet another school shooting. We see this stuff all the time. It's depressing. One tragic thing after another. It's like you can't even turn on the, the news, you can't turn on the TV, you can't look at your social media, you can't even walk outside sometimes because things are always shaky. I'm afraid every time I turn the TV on of what my kids are going to see. And this doesn't lessen the fact that there's not even any positive news sometimes that's even put out there. It's really hard to find when actual good things are actually taking place. But nevertheless, we live in a shaky world, and many of these incidents could actually have happened to you and to me. And praise God, we're all good here today. So what? So when you think about it, like, so what? What, is, what does that have to do with me? Well, I'm telling you that today, yes, we do live in a shaky world. However, in the midst of all that unsteadiness, in the midst of all this, there is hope. Thank God for the Bible. Thank God that because not only does this book talk to us about pain, it talks to us about anguish, it talks to us about the ugliness that can take place in this life, it still offers us hope when we face this world. There's so many different characters in God's word, so many different ones that we're even teaching, obviously, our little ones in uh, Sky Kids and in, in the youth group. We talk about all these different characters. You've probably heard of uh, names like Moses and Noah and Abraham. But th I think the one that stands out to me the most, just because I I've, I've always loved his story, is the character Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, we obviously, you guys know this, this picture if you've, if you've ever heard of the character Daniel, the Daniel in the lion's den. Well, Daniel never wavered in his faith. He allowed for himself to remain unshakable. And he gives us a perfect example of what it means to be unshakable. Daniel was actually an Israelite from Judah. And if you guys remember, it's probably been a little while, but a couple months ago we were talking about um, the, the kingdom of Israel and how that was actually set up. And unfortunately, because of their disobedience to God, God allowed for different empires to actually conquer Israel. And one of, the, one of the empires that actually conquered the nation of Israel was Babylon. And the king at the time, his name was Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar had not only taken over Israel, he had also gone in and taken different things from the temple that the Israelites had set up there. He had taken different articles. It's as if he would have taken this TV and chairs and cameras and different things. But obviously, for that ancient time, whatever those articles were in that temple... But along with those articles, he had taken several people captive. He had taken certain Israelites captive. And he wanted to have some of those Israelites work for him. He wanted for them to be his servants. And he had some of his chief officials 
Teach them the language of the Babylonians, teach them their customs and how they can actually survive in this civilization so that one day those folks could then serve him specifically. And at this point in Daniel's life, imagine, his world was turned upside down. He had been taken from the country that he grew up in, from the place that he loved, and his world was turned upside down. He was now going to be made a servant, but he proved himself worthy to the king and he never wavered in his faith. And because of that, when the king had taken him captive, he saw something different in Daniel. And he said, you know what? I want for you to be one of my leaders, one of my chief administrators. And we get a glimpse in chapter one of, verse, of the book of Daniel that Daniel chose to never defile himself, never go against his God. And so the king at the time wanted to have a big old feast and in that feast, he had all kinds of rich and fatty foods and wine. I, you know, in my Puerto Rican brain, I'm thinking he probably had pernil and arroz con gandule, empanadas. He probably had all kinds of the stuff that we all love that we really shouldn't have. Yes, absolutely. Woo. But Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they chose not to partake. Daniel actually told the, uh, the chief officer, he said, you know what? Instead of this food here that the king is providing, why don't you just give us fruit and vegetables and water for the next 10 days? And I guarantee you that we will be stronger, we will be healthier, we will be wiser and sharper than the men who partake in this feast. And you know what? After 10 days, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were stronger, healthier, wiser, and sharper than all the other men who had, partaken, who had partaken in that feast. Who did that? That was God. That was because Daniel never wavered in his faith. Daniel was unshakable. And so the king saw that, and he was impressed with Daniel. Wow, like you chose not to partake in this, and you chose just to eat fruits and veggies, and you told me that we, you would be stronger, healthier, wiser, and sharper. And look... So think about it. In every matter of wisdom and understanding, the king found him to be better than the other men. Right now, can your family, your friends, your coworkers see you being different? Right now, when you think about it, can your boss see you as a different employee than your coworkers? Do they see a difference in you? Do they see a, a, a different attitude? Do they see a different work ethic? Do they see that you are a different person that chooses never to waver in your faith? When we read in chapter 6 of the book of Daniel, we see that Daniel is actually still one of the leaders. Another civilization had come in and had conquered not only Israelites, but now they had also conquered the Babylonians. And this nation was the Medes and the Persians. And King Darius was actually the new king. And he was so impressed by Daniel that it says in, chapter, in verse 3 that Daniel was going to be placed over the entire kingdom. It was like he was going to be second to the king with how impressed he was. And obviously all the other administrators and leaders, they weren't happy about that. They weren't happy that because Daniel chose to be different and he chose to live an unshakable life, they obviously didn't want 
to be different than Daniel. So they were going to do everything in their power possible to find something they could accuse him, something they could charge him with. And they decided that they knew that Daniel prayed to a different God and that he never prayed to the king. So they decided to make a decree and bring it to the king so that the king could sign it into a law where it says that anyone who chooses not to pray to the king and then chooses to pray to some other God or any other human would be thrown into a lion's den. Daniel never wavered in his faith. He never wavered in his faith to God. And Daniel prayed several times a day. And so those administrators and leaders knew when he would be praying. And they caught him praying in his house and went back to the king and tattled on Daniel. And obviously this made King Darius extremely sad because he was his second in command. He, was, he really loved Daniel. But when a king during ancient times signed a decree into law, it was the law. And he had no choice but to put Daniel in the lion's den. You know, obviously, when you're living for God and doing the right thing, there's always going to be people around you that aren't going to like you, that are going to say different things about you. They're going to see you as being different. But verse 4 in chapter 6 says that when we're unable, they were unable to find any corruption in him as he was trustworthy and he was neither corrupt nor negligent. People are always going to see that you are choosing different than them. And because of that, Daniel lived an unshakable life. And with that unshakable life, God always came through for him. When he got thrown in that lion's den, for those of you that don't know the story, King Darius was afraid that as soon as he was thrown into that lion's den, that those lions were going to attack and eat Daniel up. And do you know that God worked a miracle? God closed the mouths of those lions, and Daniel was able to sleep right next to a lion. Can you imagine when we get to heaven, when all the sin and all the yuck of the world is gone, you could actually sleep right up next to a lion. Can you imagine what that would be like? Daniel got to experience that. So today I want to talk to you about some of those characteristics that Daniel had that allowed for him to live an unshakable life. First and foremost, you have to have a firm foundation. In verses 5 through 7 in chapter 6, it says that these administrators and leaders were trying to find something about Daniel that could get him to break the law. And this says a lot about Daniel because the others could see that God was the center of his life. Others could see that Daniel never wavered. Daniel shows us that the first characteristic to an unshakable life is a firm foundation. Our foundation, folks, has to be God. You know, too many times, instead of God being the foundation, we rely on our own experiences, we rely on our own wisdom. Anybody ever make decisions just for yourself and not ever pray about it? How did that turn out for you? Yeah. So it, it leads us to make irrational and, and wrong thoughts and, and, and allows for us to make poor choices. For example, there might be those of you who are having trouble in your marriage or may have recently even gotten divorced. And you come to the point point you're like, you know what, marriage just isn't... It isn't the right thing. 
And since marriage didn't work out for me, I'm never getting married again. And you tell other people that same thing. Well, guess what, folks? Marriage isn't the problem. The two people who got together who never started their foundation on God are the problem. You can't rely on your own experiences as your, as your foundation. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, on your own experiences, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will set your path straight. Imagine, if, if Daniel had relied on his own experiences, how would that have turned out for him in the lion's den? We may not have actually heard a story about Daniel. Yeah. God, as our foundation, is key to living your life, to having a great family, to having a, a, it, doing everything in your life, your job, your ministry, everything. Jesus Christ needs to be our foundation. But secondly, not only do you have to have a firm foundation, you need to guard your thoughts. Our thoughts dictate the direction of how our lives are going to go. And a lot of things that we think about are based on what we allow in our lives. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Sometimes the fiercest battlefield that we face, it's not the physical stuff. It's the battle that we face in our mind. And it's based off of the things that we allow in our lives. It's based off of the things that we allow before us, whether that's through TV, social media, the people that we, we do life with. And why? Because if we want to live right, we must think right. Our thought lives impact the way that we live. So not only do you have, a, have to have a firm foundation, also guarding your thoughts, you need to guard your words. Proverbs 13, verse 3 says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Wow, we have trouble with this, huh? We sometimes can get into a whole load of trouble just by opening our mouths, right? Yeah. Words are powerful tools. In the right hands and when it's used correctly, words can actually build beautiful things, but in the wrong hands, they can actually destroy they can actually tear things down. And the things that you allow in your life on a daily basis, the things that you allow to go through your eyes, the thoughts that you allow to go into your minds with the folks that you hang around with, those things can affect your words as well. When Jesus Christ is the Lord of your heart, he's also the Lord of your lips. And therefore, therefore in order to avoid the pitfalls of life, we need to guard our mouths. That's why putting these words in our heart allow for these words to also then come out. So not only do we have to have a firm foundation, we have to guard our, our thoughts. We also need to guard our words. And fourth, we need to guard our eyes. Proverbs 4.25 says, let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Anybody ever seen farm animals when they're working, what they put on their, on their faces or on their eyes? And they put these binders, and these binders wind up keeping that animal looking forward. Because there's so many distractions, right? There's a bird can fly by, an insect all of a sudden comes in front of them, and that horse or that 
ox or whatever that's actually pulling that piece of equipment can all of a sudden go in every which direction. It's as if we need to have those same kind of binders on our eyes. We have to have those same kind of guardrails. We need to set our sights on what is right and what's good. And notice, this verse says the right way is always right in front of us. We allow so many distractions. We allow so many different things to take place and to cause us to fall. Who you surround yourself with, what you surround yourself with, can impact your thoughts, your words, and what happens through your eyes. And then you're probably thinking, then, then Derek, then why am I always falling into some kind of pit and I'm always trying to like, find my way? Well, one reason is, is because you're entertaining those distractions. You're allowing for those things to distract you and to keep your focus away from Jesus. One way to do that is to keep yourself first and foremost in God's word. Secondly, you need to surround yourself with people who are going to be pointing you towards Jesus. We love to hang out with friends and we love to have fun, but we think that anything that, that involves the Christian life, that that's not so fun. You cannot keep yourself with one foot in the world and one foot on Jesus. It does not work. But not only do you need to have a firm foundation, you need to guard your thoughts, guard your words, and guard your eyes, but lastly, you need to guard your heart. We just read this verse a couple minutes ago, Proverbs 4, 23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of of all life. Keep away, turn aside from those things. When we turn our lives to God, he sets our feet on the right road. But to stay on that road, that requires us to continually choose to run from sin, to run from our old life. That's hard. But the key to doing it is you need to stay in God's word. You need to surround yourself with God's people. You can't give control away to this world. You can't give control to your heart, to your mind, to your eyes, to anyone but God. You know, in this world, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we're being renewed. But if we keep our eyes on the world, then we're being consumed. And we're constantly being consumed by this world. So you're probably saying, okay, well, now what, Derek? What, what, is, what does that have to do with me? Well, being unshakable, that doesn't mean that we're never going to face tough circumstances. Or even that at times that we're never going to have fears or weaknesses. Don't you think that before Daniel got thrown into a den of lions that he was afraid? Absolutely. Just because we don't read about it doesn't necessarily mean it didn't happen for him. Daniel was just as human as we are. But Daniel ultimately showed us what it means to live an unshakable life. Daniel never wavered in his faith to God. He knew that his relationship with Christ was his first priority. Is Jesus your first priority, folks? Our faith will actually begin to reflect that deeper knowledge of Jesus, and our lives can easily change. But you have to surrender 
to him. And if you are here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, today is that day, folks. Please, come see me. Come see one of the staff here at Skyline. We can show you through his word how you can come to have a personal relationship with him. When you and I live differently because our faith continues to grow, those around us are going to see the difference. Those around us are going to see that difference just like they saw in Daniel's life. They will see that you are different, that you are a changed person, and because of that, they will be intrigued. And that's how we bring people into the fold of Jesus. Quite literally, your life will actually begin to reflect the image of Christ, just as a goldsmith. You guys, have you ever seen a jeweler when they're working with precious metals or precious stones? You ever see that little eyepiece that they put in their eye and they actually then take a look and look inside the, that precious metal or that, or that jewel? They're looking to see how pure and how perfect that piece of metal or that stone is. And when a jeweler takes a look, let's say, at a piece of gold, when they look at themselves in that piece of gold, they should be able to see their own reflection to see how pure it is. If they can't see their reflection, then it's not purified. And what do you think they do? They put it into a fire. And that fire then allows for that precious metal to melt down and allow for all those impurities to come to the surface, and then they're able to scrape that off. That's exactly what God does to us in our life. He puts us through the fire. That means you're going to face trials. That means you're going to face tribulations. That means you're going to go through things because he's purifying you during this time. He wants all that impurity to come out of you so that he can scrape that out and he can make you as pure as gold. But you've got to allow for him to do that. You've got to surrender your life over to be able to do that. Jesus desires to see his reflection in our lives. But that can only happen by somebody with refined faith. That can only happen when you've given your life over to Jesus. You know, we're going to be singing in just a minute a song titled Firm Foundation. Firm Foundation, the rock on which I stand. God has to be your foundation, folks. God has to be at the center of everything that you do. You want to live an unshakable life. You want to have an unshakable mind when life is roughing you up, when life is throwing different things at you. Use God as your firm foundation. Take a look at this. Jesus said it only takes the faith of a mustard seed, and you can hardly see a mustard seed. Have you ever seen one? I've seen a mustard seed. And you almost have to have a microscope to see it. Jesus was using the smallest thing he could think of that the people would understand, and he said, that's all the faith you have to have. Then he taught that your faith would grow. You start out with a little bit of faith. It may be a shaky, wobbly faith. But if it's in the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have to have faith enough to hold on to him. He'll hold you. Like the little boy that was on the great rock, he had fallen out of a boat, and he finally climbed up on a rock, and the storm was raging, and the waves were lashing. And somebody asked him later, was he afraid? Oh, he said, I sure was afraid. He said, I trembled all over, but he said, the rock never trembled. 
our foundation has to be on Jesus. We've heard that story that says, the wise man built his house upon the rock, but the foolish man built his house upon the sand. Where is your foundation today? Are you building your foundation on shaky ground? Or are you allowing God to help you build your house upon the rock? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much just for this time that we have together. Thank you that despite the crazy and the, the, the funkiness and all the stuff that life throws at us, that you are still our rock. I pray for each person that's here that they would be able to understand and truly realize that their foundation needs to be on you, that if they want to live an unshakable life and they want to have an unshakable mind, that their foundation needs to be on you. I pray that you would help them to guard their thoughts, to guard their words, to guard their eyes, and also to guard their hearts from all the things that this world is going to offer them. Help them to realize that your son Jesus offers them an eternal life that's permanent and will last forever. Thank you, Lord God, for being that rock for us. And we'll ask all this in your name. Amen.